0: Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Hands On Safety, the spring edition of our show this year. Um, <laughs> since it is April and it's starting to get warmer and in, in some places, not quite so much in others, but I'm um, looking forward to... Hey, I feel like that was a jab at
1: me. <laughs>
0: no, I'm not a jab, just a inclusion <laughs> in your, <laughs> in your, you're probably not there yet for another month or two. Hey, it's like 65 today so oh is it nice yeah it's gorgeous, here too. it's gorgeous so that's all so megan needs no introduction today <laughs> we know she's here <laughs> also with us as always is george hey guys how you doing and today we have another special guest on our show ali slaughter hi thanks for having me so we really enjoy our shows where we interview other people so um no pressure but you know we're Looking forward to another good show. Um, these are these no, are always no my <laughs> these are always my favorite shows. So, Allie, tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Well, it's about fifty-five degrees here today, so I'm a little sad. <laughs> um, but uh, my name is Allie Slaughter, as Leslie said. Uh, I am based just outside of just outside of St. Louis. I teach yoga primarily. Shameless plug virtually
3: (laughs) for everyone nothing wrong with
2: shameless plugs (laughs) i also am ah take your pick of verbiage legally blind visually impaired low vision high partial whatever you want to call me Um, yeah that's 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 still one i've i always struggle with with verbiage um only based on the person people i may be talking to
0: right I hear you. I struggle with uh, which that for that, a long that time. That could be,
2: uh, you mm-hmm. know, and that could be a whole other conversation. <laughs> De- definitely. <laughs> yes, about, it could.
4: What about a trained <laughs> lawyer about that part?
2: I am a yeah. <laughs> technically, I I am. I'm I'm a licensed attorney in the state of Illinois. I I graduated law school. I passed the bar. I have never practiced. I oh. I uh, figured that I went through three years of. Not so fun, and a summer not so fun studying and taking that test. So, I may as well um keep that certification rolling.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
2: You never know when you might need it one day.
0: Well, I might need it someday, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, George, <laughs> because <laughs> you're always Something
3: in happy. trouble <laughs> in
2: Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't since I've never practiced, I've never been able to be a uh, reciprocated into any other state. So there's that.
5: <laughs> you'll, have to come, you'll have to come
2: here to get in trouble, I suppose. All right. I'll, invitation. Then, I'll take that. <laughs> that then
5: I'll
2: get like challenged. Then, then I'll just refer then I'll just refer you to somebody else I know. <gasps> um, <laughs> since, since I since I clearly, you know, have never practiced. So I guess while we're on that I will <laughs> I I also have uh, went back to school to become a dietitian, so I I'm a, a registered dietitian nutritionist. I also don't actively practice that. I again shameless plug. <laughs> yoga <laughs> is pretty is pretty much my jam. So <laughs> <laughs> nothing
0: wrong I, with that.
2: Uh, I also love to travel, and I know that's why mostly I'm here <laughs> to talk about that. So what what got you into yoga?
0: As I, as I just completely ignore (laughs) the travel part for a minute.
2: (laughs) Oh, cool. No, I'm happy to talk about yoga. I just, I, uh, before we started recording, I was telling, uh, all of you, I I go on tangents and it's like, we could be talking about one thing and then 180. So, uh, so I started practicing yoga off and on for a long time, gosh, a, a, a long, long time. And then I got more regularly into practicing about 10 ish years ago. I've always been pretty active working out my whole life. And uh, about, like I said, about 10 years ago, I was really doing a lot of heavy weightlifting. And I I really got into yoga because I needed something to, I I got into it for the physical practice. Um, I needed something to help like stretch and lengthen my muscles from all the contracting that I was doing of them. And um, so I got into practicing yoga for the physical practice, I kind of hated it at first. I especially hated the Shavasana, which is the, the relaxation shape at the end, because I'm a person who constantly needs to move around. Um, and so being still is hard for me, which also okay. shows that that's something I really, really need for those of us who, who do have a lot of active energy and just energy in general that we need to expel. That's another reason, movement and the movement practice of certain yoga classes i guess for lack of a better word practices um is good because that because that movement does help to shift and move energy out of out of the body um i have pretty my entire life i've dealt with anxiety depression adhd uh ocd <laughs> take again take your pick and i really started to discover once i really committed to practicing yoga more that it is so much more than a physical practice that the The benefits it can have on the the mental and emotional benefits are are so, so important. And so not always talked about in I I don't know if it's, (laughs) I don't know if it's because I read a lot about yoga. And I also have a lot of other friends and take trainings and have just really gotten more into studying. But I, I think it's something lacking still, especially in our culture society is that it's still seen so much as like a physical workout and that Mm -hmm. uh, you know a lot of people are are afraid to to try it because they may think like oh i'm not flexible enough or i'm not strong enough or i don't look like that or i can't get myself into that shape uh whereas really it's 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 a practice that really is for everyone because it's it's so much more about learning to listen to yourself and to trust yourself and find what feels best for you in your mind, body, breath to explore, to learn, <laughs> to, to kind of learn about yourself and see, see what benefits you might find from it. That's not to say that it's a cure-all. Uh, I, I still greatly struggle with my anxiety is quite lessened, but depending on the situation, it, it you know, I, I, it can, it can be bad. It can be. It can be bad. It can be okay. It's it's gotten a lot better, um, I guess, and and so have just some of my other struggles. Just learning how to pause and breathe, and also again, kind of going back to that physical practice. I think especially well, I think it's important for everyone because it also does just help you learn. Um, let me let me let me back up a minute. <laughs> sure. I shouldn't say especially for blind people, um, blind visually impaired. I but I do think that that the physical practice helps. In terms of like proprioception and kind of being able to really notice where you are in space, sometimes mm-hmm. um, kind of notice like, oh, let me kind of if you're a person who who does walk, who doesn't um, maybe use a uh, use a wheelchair or whatnot. But okay, my feet, like, let me let me kind of notice that I can ground my feet into the earth, and also that goes into sometimes safety issues, say if you are at a street corner and waiting to cross, waiting to cross, and then someone may come up and hold onto your arm to try to be kind and guide you across the street, but maybe you don't want that. So kind of learning to just take note of your body. Maybe you kind of notice, oh, I can ground my feet into the earth. So I'm not letting somebody just pull me along. I'm going to use my breath to take a few deep breaths and calm my mind before I just like yell at this person and realize that they're just a lot of times they're trying to be kind and helpful. So let me acknowledge that and not just automatically go off on them and say like, I don't need your help or yell at them. Do you know what I mean? Mm
3: -hmm. So absolutely.
2: Um, so I just, I do think that yo, that yoga does have many, 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 many (laughs) benefits on again, the, the body, the breath and the mind. And so that's why. I stuck with it was because I did start to, to learn about the benefits they were having on myself. And, uh, and eventually I started to like that resting pose at the end, because again, it's something necessary needed. And uh, it's not something that we often give ourselves permission to have, to take the time in this fast paced world where we're always moving and and feeling as if we have to be busy and do something. And it's, it's like a, a time that you don't, necessarily feel so guilty of doing that. It's so necessary. And so as you can tell, and maybe maybe with my uh, little educational resume that might reflect my ADHD, mm-hmm. I had always struggled to find kind of my purpose of what to offer in this world and what to do with my life in terms of, well, <laughs> so finding some sort of an income right. and uh, and and something that I could do that would Benefit people and that would help people. I've, I just, I, if I can help one person to realize that maybe yoga is beneficial for them, maybe it's not yoga. If I can help one person to take a step forward in any type of way, if I can talk about my anxiety and my own mental health struggles and help somebody else just feel that they're not alone, then I'll feel like I've maybe done something good in the world. And so, anyway. I could go on about that. <laughs> I decided I um decided to go to yoga teacher training and um, that was in the spring of twenty eighteen. I was sitting at the eye doctor actually in um, the fall of twenty seventeen and it's a teaching hospital that I go to one of my specialists and the the uh, medical student, the student doctor, student eye doctor, he was asking me, What's something that you want that's like gosh, how did he word it? What's something that scares you to do because of your vision? Or what's something that what's something that you're scared to do? Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. And I said, I'm scared to go to India by myself. And he kind of laughed. He's like, well, I, I wouldn't go to India by myself. And then I'm like thinking, well, why not? Like why is India so scary to some people? And so I just started I knew that they had a lot of um that that there were a lot of yoga teacher training programs immersive training programs offered in India. There's trainings everywhere. I just sure. I knew there were a lot offered there. And since that was a place I had mentioned, I started researching. I found um, some schools with good reputations that also offered scholarships. I um, applied. And then, yeah, six, not even six months later, I was heading to India. And so, again, that was now, get, now getting kind of back to the travel component of uh, combining both. I knew that I didn't want to go to India and not see the Taj Mahal. So I started looking up um, some tours that I could possibly add on before beginning my yoga teacher training. I I knew of a a tour agency company. So looked them up and booked a a trip with them for before my training. And so I did fly over there by myself. I waited at the airport (laughs) in Delhi for um, the person from the, the group to come and get me. And I had sent an email prior... And said, "I'm you know, I'm visually impaired. I won't be able to see the sign. So can we have a specific meeting point that I could be at? This is what I will be wearing, and this is what my suitcase looks like if you could kind of have the person you know be on the lookout for me. So
3: mm-hmm.
2: so I did that and joined up with the, yeah, did this tour group for for a week, and that ended. And then I did head to head up north from there to the yoga teacher training program. So again, not knowing anyone. And was up there for four weeks. Yeah, yeah. For this train for a month for the training program. And um, how did I even get on that? <laughs> <laughs>
3: again, again. Huh? Oh, original question. How did I get into yoga? <laughs> there we go. <laughs>
2: so, so I come home. I'm not confident in my skills. It takes me about another six months until I, after practicing with some friends and family, to start um, teaching at a studio. Still mm. really nervous. This is so. This is the uh, February of nineteen, mm. and by the following year, February of twenty, I was teaching at five different places and oh, had nice. very, very much increased my confidence. And then all of a sudden, it was March of twenty twenty, and I was
0: <laughs> at home with everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, and and we uh, by the summer I taught at parks, still through the studios, but outside. And then it became cold again, and it was stuff was still going on. you know. Right. So uh, By October, I was finally like, I've got to, I've got to get over again, another hurdle of anxiety with this whole virtual zoom thing. And I've got to learn how to do it. Because I feel as, as anything that that really any, anything new that I think a lot of people try or do, it can be anxiety inducing, even if you don't think of yourself as a person that has an, It can be scary, you know, even if you're, not a person that, yeah, like I said, thinks of thinks you having, thinks of themselves as having anxiety, or gets scared. But trying stuff new is always, I don't know, probably kind of gives a little, some sort of feeling, you know. That
0: yeah, and I I can you know in in just what you've told us so far, I can kind of sit and go, oh yeah, check check check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> you know,
2: um, it's it, it's like when I started teaching in <clears throat> studios, I at first I would tell people that I like, I'm visually impaired. I can't see you. I'm not going to be a person, a teacher that gets up and walks around the room, makes adjustments. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be on here on my mat. I'm going to be practicing along with you. I'm going to be describing the class, how I needed a class described. So I'm going to talk a lot and hopefully that's cool with you. So, and then eventually I, I stopped giving my whole spiel at the beginning, and it was fine. And then again, like the whole virtual thing, it just brought everything up, because I'm thinking, how am I going to set up my camera? If I'm back here on my mat, how am I going to know, you know, and, and all of a sudden, it's like, well, I, I don't know why I'm freaking out about this. It's the same thing. Like, I'll, I'll kind of learn how to put my where to put my laptop, I'll get on here with some family and friends and have them like, all right, move your mat back this way, this way, you yeah. know, stand like I like, okay, let me stand up with my hands over my head. Can you see my hands, you know, and, and so then I learned where to position my laptop and my mat from each other and the, the space in my house that I that I teach my classes. And I've learned how to just sort of figure it out. So when I am at different, um, different places. And so I learned that it wasn't so scary. And why did it take me this long to embrace the virtual style of offering classes. And now it's all I want to do because as a person who can't drive selfishly, it's very convenient for me (laughs) to be able to go to my basement as opposed to having to coordinate with family and friends. Who's going to take me at this time, pick me up at this time. Oh, now I've got to get to this other studio here and back. And, uh, you know, so the transportation aspect back to travel it also allows me that opportunity to teach from anywhere. So even if at my cousin's house in L.A., I've been able to teach classes from her house. At my brother's in Chicago. I can I can go to different places and, and still offer my classes. So mm-hmm. it's really been a win win. And also. <laughs> This hour is going to just be about yoga. You shouldn't have started that's cool. me. On that.
0: That's all <laughs> right. I'll divert. You. I'll divert you in a minute. We have to have another show.
5: That's right.
4: we'll another show about the travel and yoga. That's, that's <laughs> right. you know.
2: but, uh, well, but I wait. I have one more component, George. Sorry, okay. sorry. One more thing. The other reason I love virtual is that I do feel like it helps take that. Um, I was going to say competitive edge. A lot of times when you people are in a studio, the pe- people who may be intimidated to come to a class, even if a teacher says like, do your own thing, you don't have to, you know, do what everyone's doing. I think a, a lot of people are, are still a little bit worried about do. Ang- again, anxious about doing their yeah. own thing, about not looking like everyone else, you know, and if we are blind or visually impaired about not really understanding what that shape is supposed to look like. And I have found that being virtual. And especially with me telling people like, you don't have to have your camera on. I can't see you anyway. I'm going to keep mine on. You don't need to keep yours on. I've, I've found that it does make people a lot more comfortable to be able to start that practice of listening to, of learning, of trusting their bodies, of exploring what their bodies may be able to do. And by taking it back, if, if something I'm doing it seems a little bit crazy. I've had people tell me that they're, they stayed in child's pose for half the class. And I love that because I, I do feel as much as I love being in person with people, and I feel like there really are so many benefits to being in person in a studio or in a live in-person class. Mm-hmm. I also feel like there are just as many virtually yeah I'll stop okay. now, George. if you even
4: remember <laughs> your question no. well, yeah, it, while you were while you were talking, I was thinking of a lot of different things. So you know <laughs> I, I teach traditional martial arts and you know the um you know historical note is I'm seeing a lot of connections between what you're talking about uh, with yoga um, and uh, martial art training. I think probably it comes to the fact that the one the oldest uh, organized forms of martial arts started in India. lot like they don't are not aware of that they think China. But from India through China through uh, Japan, Korea, and all the other places, you know, we have this whole system, a system that developed, but is believed to originate uh, in India. So there's that connection. And the whole thing about this, you know spirituality, like when I'm training, particularly kids, I'll tell them, you know, I, I can see in their eyes when they tense up, they're about to their knuckles get white because they're about to hit so hard or hit me by accident. Mm-hmm. And I just tell, hey, stop, breathe. First thing mm-hmm. I tell them is breathe, and, and I tell them also use this when you're. With your parents, your mom yells at you, whatever, don't talk back. Just stop, mm-hmm. just breathe in mm-hmm. school, whatever. So I use that technique. I'm not fully uh, versed on breathing techniques, but I just know some very basic stuff. But I use that and it seems to work a lot, especially with children. So you get that aspect mm-hmm. of it. Knowing how to uh, place your feet or how you're walking, uh, I benefit from it myself. So there's a lot of similarities between your type of training with yoga and my, my training in the martial arts. Uh, so I noticed that. And I thought that was really great. Now, there's anxiety even for students that come in to train. Uh, for the first time, they feel they look silly and stupid. Now, unfortunately for us, we have to do the exact same things, uh, for it to be effective. But mm-hmm. I try to tell, them, make it their own. Find out what they can do, and not about what they can't do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got similarities involved in that. And so, yeah, I, I'm listening to you to what you're saying, and I thought that was awesome because that compares to what. What I do when I'm training people in traditional martial arts. So I think that was a really good, uh, aspect that you pointed out. There was something else that you pointed out, I can't remember what it was. Probably hit me later on. <laughs> but, uh,
3: because, because I won't stop
2: talking and, and I won't <laughs> stop to take a, to take a breath, even though I talk about how important that is.
4: Well, yeah, you got Thanks. good breath control, evidently. So <laughs> it's awesome. I'll, it works out for you. That's you, yep. you, can't, you can't beat that. Those things are important things. Um, yeah, but I think with the anxiety there, you know, the breath control, learning about your body and how it moves are important aspects. Uh, even, even when it comes to safety, when you're walking, you know, just where you where you placing your feet, whether you can see or not, that's still important. Mm-hmm. Now, the many times I've tripped over something that I can definitely see, but misgaged by some reason. So it, it does happen, but being aware of that, and I think that the way that you ha- you explain, because I have seen your classes, I videotaped your classes, um, and you know, so I know you sent it out to you as well, but the way that you do describe everything I think is important because it breaks it down and it makes it easier. Because when we were at the um, the Strive event and people were like, oh, I want to go to yoga. Yoga was the one people were, were requesting to go to. They didn't want to miss. Really? Oh, that's
3: yes. awesome. And that's what I told you, that, yeah. <laughs>
4: They were like, oh, where's the yoga <laughs> class at? You know, uh, And so I guess you only had like two classes, but people wanted to go to other events and they missed your class. But yoga was a class that seemed like a lot of people wanted to go to. Uh, yeah. I think that and the uh, go ball, I think, was two of the events that uh, mm-hmm. people wanted to, to attend. So you do have an impact on it. The fact that you can do it virtually even better. I'm still trying to get you to come to Savannah. I actually talked to one of my students who's a yoga instructor. I mentioned you, she was like, "Oh, I would love to have her come here because, um, there's some things you could do some great things and affect a lot of people, uh even if you did a class and also did it virtually at the same time, so we we'll talk about, oh. that. Later. yeah, let's <laughs> so we'll talk about that later, but so we talked about you know uh the yoga aspect we can do a whole thing on yoga, I might another session we gonna have to do talking about yoga right um, definitely but but the thing is the safety aspect about did you teach any yoga when you were traveling so
2: uh not i i taught my usual virtual classes so i i didn't do any teaching like live there
4: wow so you okay so you went virtual overseas that's a you, you didn't make make that you didn't blog about that more That think that's
2: <laughs> i know i only wrote a few posts you know and uh yeah, yeah and and i'm still trying to formulate thought I, I, thoughts on so so many so many things i could talk about
4: yes well, let's, let's talk about <laughs> where, where did you where did you travel to you can give Was a list of places that you traveled to. And that was like, what over a three month period.
2: So we're just talking this past, like,
4: yes, your last trip. Tw-
2: we're, we're talking 2023. Yes.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes.
2: Okay. So You're most recent yeah, I, okay. <laughs> yeah. So for, like, uh, for about a decade, there have been two places that I've been convinced that one of them is going to be the place that I, I go and I do my like solo, tr- my, my solo adventure. And I just, I'm there and not necessarily like running around traveling with a tour group. I, I just want to like settle and be and, uh, and feel a sense of independence and I don't know, maybe freedom and, and probably lots and lots of anxiety and learn how to deal and live. And, uh, Tangier in Morocco is one of those places. Reason being, um, uh, full transparency right around that time, 2013, so about a decade ago. Was when the Anthony Bourdain parts unknown episode came out when he was in Tangier and I just fell in love with it, the city from, from that episode. And so a friend and I were supposed to go. I had a big birthday in 2020 and we were supposed to do a tour group to Morocco. I specifically had us choose, <laughs> choose the itinerary that included Tangier, even though it was only a few hours of, of time. And that trip got pushed back and we, we made that trip this past August. Of uh, 2022, so those four a uh, few hours in Tangier really solidified. Like, yeah, I definitely do want to come back here and and just be and feel like I'm, I don't know, a part of this, part of this community, this city. And um, I found a a cra- I'd made I'd made some friends. I didn't. Most of them were other people on the tour, uh, but I, I did make a, a few friends who lived in Morocco who I was able to still communicate with as I was leading up to to going back. So I found this crazy cheap light. I'm also a very, I'm a pretty savvy budget traveler. I have to be, uh, I'm on a pretty tight budget myself. And, and yet I, I make it work because traveling is, is one, is one of the most beneficial things for my own mental health. Um, despite the anxieties that arise and and come with it in general, I feel a sense of like a, a sense of lightness that I don't always feel at home. And I just feel like I can be my best self often. And uh, I don't know, my truest self. So so anyway, I um, found this crazy cheap round trip, nonstop flight from Chicago to Dublin. And knowing that flights are a lot cheaper once you get over, once you get across the Atlantic um, or the Pacific, depending on where you're going, I use Dublin as a jump off point. So I was going to go from Dublin uh, fly down to Casablanca and then take the train up to Tangier was my plan. When I was booking my flight to Casablanca, I uh, realized that the best price was going to be on Tap Air Portugal, which off- is one of the airlines, a lot of airlines do this actually, offer a free stopover. So it's the same same cost for your, for your ticket, but you can, instead of having like a long layover at the airport, you could, some places, some airlines let you extend it up to like a seven night stay.
3: Oh, wow. So um,
2: I was like, well, I might as well stay for four nights in Lisbon on my way down there. So I end up um, <laughs> booking a hostel. I swore I would never stay in a hostel again. I stayed in many a hostels when I was 25. After I took the bar after law school, a friend and I did like a backpacking trip through Europe and stayed in lots and lots of hostels. And again, I was 25 then and I, I knew I would never do it again. And here I am a lot of years later. And I, I, again, budget traveler uh, ended up booking a hostel. It actually turned out to be great. I really, I really enjoyed it. And I had so much anxiety, again, going in, walking into that hostel by myself. And I I use my cane, um, which I don't use a lot, honestly, at home, unless I am traveling by myself, um, you know, through the airport and just traveling in different cities when I'm walking around by myself. I use it sometimes depending on the place I am more as an ID cane for others to know that I'm visually impaired. And so, and that's hard. Again, that can be a whole other conversation as well, because getting out of my Uber from the airport and going into this hostel and having my cane, and then, you know, two days later, not using it at the hostel. And, and it's something that, again, I need to get over and maybe some other people is just that, what are people going to think of me? Are they do they think I'm faking? And so that and then I I have to remember that I can use that as an opportunity to educate others that there are a lot of forms of of uh blindness, a lot of forms is that the right word? Levels? I can't even think of the right word to use. Yeah. I think a lot of I think
0: both of it both are pretty valid um types of blindness, levels of blindness. I mean a spectrum. Yeah. What uh what most people you know, think of blindness as all or nothing. And they don't realize that probably 80% of people that consider themselves blind or visually impaired are, you know, anywhere along that spectrum or that Mm -hmm. level, you know, at any, Mm -hmm. any level between all or nothing. And that's, mm-hmm. that's actually the majority of the population.
2: Yeah. And I'm super light sensitive. So I pretty much wear my dark sunglasses, like a, depending on the the lighting inside, mm-hmm. I've got those on. And so that also adds to that kind of perception by many people in the sighted world. Right, <laughs> um, right.
4: Super spy you, or something.
2: <laughs> <laughs> when you have a cane and those dark sunglasses on.
4: Shouting around the world, different countries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> story
2: so um, cia
4: operative that,
2: here yeah yeah <laughs> so so yeah those uh those four days i was like i said i was by myself i may i ended up making friends with some people at the hostels or the hostel oh gosh i just i loved portugal so much <laughs> um, and then i got on my flight to casablanca and again, super anxiety inducing. I only speak English. I don't speak any other languages. And so kind of having to learn how to communicate with others. um, It's something I've done for a long time. It's just from when I I did start to travel a lot more. and
1: So So I'm actually curious, Allie, sorry. How did you do that? Like with the non-visual aspect? Mm -hmm. Um, Like how did you communicate when there was that language barrier and also that vision barrier as well
2: so again luckily i feel like oftentimes that having that cane helps <laughs> it, it, it helps in terms of people being helpful and people seeing that oh my gosh this woman is by herself and she has this cane and these dark sunglasses on um, she might be visually she might be blind and um and i think some people don't realize it. I think, I think mostly people, whatever language you speak, it's it's kind of that universal symbol. And so often if a, if a person came up to me to try to help, or if I would, you know, find a person to try to help, you know, I kind of, I'm would sort of, I would ask if they speak English, um, or if they asked me, you know, like, Sometimes they'd say to me, like, Francais or Espanol, and I'm like, no, <laughs> um, English. <laughs> Often people are so kind, and they'll help find another person that they might know if they don't necessarily speak English, and then they'll mm-hmm. help me find someone. Or, honestly, I mean, most people I've found, not most, a lot of people do speak a little bit of English, depending on where you are in Portugal, there were, there were many, many, many English speakers in Morocco. It depended on again, the place, the situation. Um, and I always seem to be able to, (laughs) I always seem to be able to find, find that help and assistance. And, um, again, even if, even if the person I asked didn't speak any, they would always help me to find someone else to, to perhaps help me. So, oh gosh, here's a story. So I should talk about this one, George. I should post about this one. Um, (laughs) Maybe, maybe Let's I who knows. Maybe I did. Who knows? When I first got off of the of my flight from Lisbon to Casablanca, I always request assistance at the airport. You know, I I know so not everyone does. I shouldn't I shouldn't use the word always. Um, I typically will, especially in airports I'm not familiar with it saves time. (laughs) I was gonna say I find
0: it to be I just find it to be more efficient if unless I just have all day to go find what I need. It's just more efficient to ask. Even if I just say, you know, just walk with me and tell me when to turn. It's, it's so much easier. But I, I also won't hesitate. You know, I've, I've had a few instances where the help never showed up, or, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they took me part way and left me and then and I, I was like, you know what? <laughs> I don't have a lot of time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go start walking and ask yeah. questions along the way. So, yeah. Yeah. Was, and actually that, that just, rem-
2: yeah. And now now I'm going to add in a second part to actually that same leg of that trip that I just thought of when you said that. But yeah, like I, in my home, in my home airport of uh, St. Louis, I am so familiar with it um, <laughs> yeah. that I don't, and it's, I typically fly, fly Southwest from here. And that terminal is so small. It's so easy for me to know where I'm going. So, and you know, in, in other airports, it's just, yeah, more efficient, like you said. Um, yeah. So when I was actually, when I went to the airport in Lisbon to fly to Casablanca and they had it in my, because I put it in my ticket and I confirm, you know, when I got to the airport leaving, whenever, wherever I leave. Um, so they had it on my ticket that I need a walk and assist. When I got there, they were like, "Okay, they'll be here in an hour." And I'm like, "Uh, my flight boards in an hour, right?" <laughs> so, so actually, I did have to to just go on my own, and I just asked people along the way. I was, I mean, I was booking it. I was walking. I I walk pretty fast in general, um, which again is another is another uh, attribute. Where sometimes people think I might be faking because they think I need to be walking slowly when I have my cane, but I walk very. Quickly. So I just kind of like start. I just started walking, and I asked like the next, the first person I saw that I could tell like actually I don't. Even, it didn't matter if they worked there or not. I just yeah, it, I was like it, <laughs> if they walk yeah, past was, their target. <laughs> yeah, it you know it was the person at the check-in that told me it was going to be an hour. I said I'm I'll figure it out on my own. Can you can you tell me the general direction of security because mm-hmm. that's where I had to go first. You know I start walking in that direction. I asked the next person like some person security uh, am i still going the right way for security all right yeah. thanks you know I get there I, so I just kept continuing asking people asking people along the way so that's the first part of that situation
3: yeah i landed mention,
4: uh, um on your uh, on the blog my interrupt real quick there's a article a couple of months ago about an elderly lady who required a wheelchair and she had the wait. they forgot about her
2: oh my gosh
4: they found had to put had her in a wheelchair and they forgot since someone to come get her she was there for him oh, by herself. I
0: have so many stories around so, this, this type of stuff. <laughs> it's
4: a common theme. Yep. And mm-hmm. again, like I always say, <laughs> Leslie and Megan knows that, you know, sighted people don't see blind people. And I used to uh, mention that people may think you're faking uh, because they mm-hmm. don't understand the different uh, levels of blindness. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's part of it's part of education. So anytime you get a chance to teach, let people know about it. Like I'm still learning about it, but I do tell people when I say I do work with the blind, and they're like, oh, really? And I explained to them there's different levels. And people seem to be up. Oh, I didn't know that. Because uh, mm-hmm. we, we think about like, you know, the old TV show, Mr. Magoo. You saw nothing and bumbled into everything. And mm-hmm. there's more to it than what we perceive it to be. And it's unfortunate that you, that you traveled and for that to happen. But it happens to other groups, those who have limitations as well. So it's, it's a continuous theme that's mm-hmm. occurring. Uh, seen in the travel industry for sure
2: and that's not the first time that's happened to me there's definitely been wow. other times that i've been waiting for so long and i'm like i'm just it's the first time it's well i was gonna say the first time in another country that's not that's not true that uh, there are actually a couple other stories that that i had been forgotten about and i had to figure it out but uh there's been times in the states you know that I've, it's been taking too long and i'm just like mm, i'm just i'm gonna go <laughs> and i'm learning
0: i'm learning that one of the challenges to to international airports you know overseas is that here you you come in you go through security and then you can often go to your gate and wait for mm-hmm. your flight no matter how far in advance it is and in, in a lot of other places it, it doesn't work that way you go mm-hmm. through security and then you go to this waiting area And you don't go Mm -hmm. to your gate until it's time to board. And oftentimes you get there and, you know, the seating area for the gate might not be anywhere near the jet bridge. And, Mm -hmm. you know, figuring that out sometimes on your own, especially when there's a time crunch is, is a bit of a challenge. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I do take the assistance, but one of the things that I I've had a lot of anxiety about, and I'm, I'm preparing to take my first uh, trip to Italy hopefully sometime this summer and this oh. will be the first trip where i you know i will be arriving in a foreign country where english is not the the first language and so i'm i have a lot of anxiety around you know getting help um from non english speaking people and and trying to figure things out and navigate mm-hmm. that language barrier as well as everything else mm-hmm. and i i generally have a lot of anxiety about just talking to strangers any, anyway and so adding that mm-hmm. extra element for me is has been something i've I've worried about, and I'm sure, you know, like you said, I'll worry about and I'll have anxiety over it and I'll get there and it'll, it'll all turn out to be just fine. And then I'll wonder why I was so worried.
2: You know? Yeah. And then, and then it's okay if it still happens again. I mean, when I was, like I said, at the the hostel in Portugal, it ended up being really great. However, the, the, the way that I mostly met people was on the second day, I did one of the free walking tours at the hostel, um, together
3: mm-hmm.
2: and that's kind of where i met my friends but just in general like you said about having trouble talking to strangers like i i can connect with people and make i we can be best refer- i mean we're basically best friends now the three of us four <laughs> of us uh, <laughs> george doesn't count because we became best friends like a few months ago
3: um how <laughs> um, oh, dare you <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> no because we already know each other so i'm talking right, about leslie okay. and megan yeah. uh,
5: oh, okay okay okay, <laughs> um, okay. She didn't make friends
2: with you today because you were already there. (laughs) 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 But But sometimes again, and I can't speak for all blind people at all. Obviously for me, sometimes that adds another level of that, that anxiety uh, surrounding the, the, the visual impairment because like at a hostel situation where a lot of people are traveling on their own and Mm -hmm. have no qualms about just kind of like if people are sitting in like the, the, uh, bar area or something, and people already seem to be maybe having a conversation, or maybe these people, you know, and, and a lot of people have no problem just kind of like walking up and and joining in. However, most sighted people can at least kind of assess the situation can at least sort of assess that group of people or couple people and, and sort of notice how like, if it seems like they're having a real intense conversation that you shouldn't Mm -hmm. interrupt, or if it just seems like they're having like, a good fun time that you're welcome to join. So it's really hard for me. There was a couple nights at the hostel that I would come back from the day. And I was, you know, in that, in that bar area. And I just kind of chilled out like, cause the bar area was the same area of like the reception. And I'd mm-hmm. gotten to be friends with, with some of the people that worked there and I would just sort of stand there and talk to them, you know, yeah. until, until maybe somebody from the walking tour, somebody that I already become friends with, um, came down to meet me, you know, and then we'd sit with other people and meet with other people. But like, right, yeah, there's a lot of aspects. I feel like this, like, again, I hate, I'm not trying to blame sighted people or put this on them. I, I just feel like there's a lot of aspects of life <laughs> that, that aren't always thought about, you know, it's like thinking about the big things like, oh, you can't, you know, drive a car or, you know, take your time crossing the street. It's there's so many other aspects of life, just like a, a seemingly simple aspect like that of going up to a group of people. But you want to, you know, kind of suss out the situation. Like as, the, uh, like- as
4: a member of the side delegation, I, w- I will, you know, <laughs> take, take hit on this. Um, <laughs> and I do agree to you to an extent where part of it is that if no one tells us about these things, we will not know about these things. Mm-hmm. And that's part of it is, is uh, education and communication uh, are really important. Because it's like when I teach women self-defense, like I wasn't aware that uh, women feel apprehensive. They see a guy walking towards them down the street. I didn't, wasn't aware of that as a guy until I took this mm-hmm. course. And like, oh, now that makes sense. So I'm always, you know, I'm always going to say apprehensive when I'm walking behind a, a woman. I try, If I have keys in my hands, I make sure I jingle my keys so they know I'm behind them. You know, let, mm-hmm. let, let kind of alert them that I'm there. You know, I walk past them as quick as I can. Uh, so I don't put them, at, I try to put them at ease or they do so not feel um, something's going to happen to them. You know, uh, most extreme case I could do is probably walk across the street or walk on in, inside the street to go around them uh, further up. Mm-hmm. And still, that can be mm-hmm. misconstrued as well. So it's, it's mm-hmm. kind of hard, but a lot of guys aren't aware of that. And the same thing, sighted people are not aware that, you know, we need to be um, more understanding and be more um, empathetic to uh, the, b- the blind versus the impaired community because we really just don't know that much about the community which is kind of silly because not like it's something new here but it's new to us if we're not familiar with it
0: yeah i hate it I yeah hate when people walk behind me <laughs> that oh yeah i mean i look behind me. oh.
4: i look behind me all the time i will look in you, you in the face but that's just because i'm you know I, i'm just cautious that way
3: yeah you know?
2: hmm well and i want to backtrack again <laughs> I yoga is important for me because I need to continuously practice that breathing and thinking before I speak. I often Mm -hmm. sometimes words come out of my mouth and then I'm like, oh, I didn't mean it like that. And I should have maybe said it a little bit better or explained it because I have plenty of sighted friends who have really bad anxiety and would probably be in that my same boat of not wanting to go up to people to talk to. You know what I mean? So I, I'm not trying to make it sound like it's just a blindness anxiety issue because it's, it's all encompassing for anyone. I'm just, I guess I was just trying to say that's one of, um, one of my anxieties when I am traveling by myself is just that initially trying to like, and it's not even just groups of people at the hospital. It's also, uh, trying to talk to someone that you, you know, may need to ask help uh, assistance with. It's like not being able to necessarily suss out like is. Does this seem like a person that might be able to help me, you know, might be willing to help me or do they look like they're in a happy, you know, a friendly mood today
3: or, you know?
2: Um, so, yeah. So I I just want to kind of note that, that I'm not trying to say that that's only a blindness issue because it it's also a, a person issue that, that, that can be scary. Just even, yeah. again, even if you don't have anxiety, just going up, not just going up and, and trying to talk to a person, even when it's, you know, it's just like, to make a new yes. friend <laughs> to have someone to hang out with at a hostel <laughs> you know it, it can be it can be really anxiety inducing for anyone and uh gosh I had something else that I was really wanting to say and now I've just well, added- while you, oh while George you, oh sorry go oh. ahead
1: yeah <laughs> I was gonna say while you were thinking about it again I was just gonna say that that is definitely like a general so- society anxiety thing especially mm-hmm. nowadays where people are just irritable I don't know mm-hmm. if it's just you guys, but I've noticed people are a lot more irritable, even myself included. I experienced that same thing last weekend, you know, I'm sitting on the plane and do I want to wait for somebody to come get me in my home city at the airport? You know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm trying to suss out this person next to me like, hey, can I grab your arm and can we just go you, mm-hmm. like the luggage carousel because I have somebody mm-hmm. waiting for me there, you know? So it's definitely hard to sometimes gauge what people are feeling or going through or
5: mm-hmm.
1: just their I don't want to say their aura because that sounds like way too earthy but I just want to say like their vibes I guess. Yeah, yeah I and then vibes. it's
2: yeah, and then it's super important. And again, I struggle with this as well, but it's it's really important to stop to try to practice just thinking, you know what? Maybe this person's having a really bad day because I certainly know that sometimes I am having a terrible day and I uh <laughs> I can be perfectly friendly to strangers and to my family I'm horrible or my friends it's like mm-hmm. who are you, you know? Yeah. And so it's yeah. like just trying to remember that we all go through stuff and we can't always be on every moment and uh or even every day, you know, we can we can certainly have bad weeks or months. Yeah. Just trying, trying to remember that we all go through that. And if, you know, if we can maybe just be more empathetic toward one another, as well as, Maybe that person is having a bad day if we, you know, go up and make a kind remark or if we just ask them for help. Maybe they've been waiting for someone to talk to them all day. Maybe that's going to be the few seconds that brighten a few seconds of their day. Maybe. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I again, have like two other tangents to go on, but I wanted to <laughs> get I wanted to get back to that story. I just did want to mention about how, George, it was when you had mentioned how um, like walking behind people. And then I, I know I think Leslie said somebody said. Must was it you that said yes. you also don't like that? Yeah, I uh, I don't like having my back to crowds. Um, mm-hmm. If I can avoid mm-hmm. it, at all possible. And it's again not a blindness thing. It's a, it's an anxiety thing with me. Um, and with, and, and maybe with being a woman, just not because I've had other stories, but um, I've I've had situations where I know women who have been attacked from behind, and uh, I was I was at dinner. A few weeks ago with my brother and one of my best friends and my brother joined us late. So it was m- my friend. He, uh, he slid into the booth, like facing, facing the restaurant. And so I'm like at the, in the chair across from him and I'm okay with it. Like I can deal. And then my brother shows up and sits next to me. And so I immediately said to my friend, I was like, can I slide in there next to you? <laughs> I don't like having my back to people. And then my brother's like, well, I don't either. And he said, but hit it. And, and he's, you know, a man, but and his is also, he's like, I, I want to know if somebody's gonna come in, you know, like, I want to be able to be prepared if something is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, uh and he's like, if it was and he said to me, he's like, if it was just me and you, I'd be the one sitting in the booth, and you'd be across from me. He's like, but because Aaron is right there, I know that his eyes can be watching for me, you know, right. and I'm like, fair enough. Like, I'll, I accept that, you know, because Yeah, I can't be the one sitting facing the restaurant to see if there's any potential threat coming. So again, tangent. Let's go back to me getting off the plane in Casablanca.
5: (laughs) Oh yes, (laughs) Casablanca. Right? I mean, do you guys have three?
2: Do y'all have three more hours? Because we could get into like just the just the first two days of my trip. Oh, I uh we might have to have a part 2. <laughs> oh yeah, we we definitely may I, have to. <laughs> I I warned you. I <laughs> I had my assistance <laughs> um off off the plane and I was like I'm I've got to get to uh baggage and then got my bag and they were like, "Okay, are you going for to get an Uber, or taxi, or whatever?" And I said, "No, I need to go to the train because I knew from the uh previous time that I had been in Morocco, I had taken the train. From like a, a a main station in Casablanca to the to the airport, and I was like, no, I need to get to the train um, station. I need to get to the, you know the ticket window at the airport to to get it get on the train. So I get to they take me there, and the person at the ticket counter tells me that it's not possible for me to take the train. And I said, what do you mean? I, said, I, I took it the last time I was here. Why is it not possible? I can't remember if he said it if he just said it wasn't possible, or if it was forbidden,
3: I think it might have <laughs> been the word forbidden. Like it was a strong word. I think it's, he said it's for. And I said, what? I said, why? I said, I, I
2: took it the last time I was here. And he wouldn't really give me an answer. I said, is it because I'm a woman, a foreign woman traveling by myself? And he said, no. I said, is it because I have a cane and I'm visually impaired? And he kind of hem hot around it. and He's like well, it's just much safer for you if you take a taxi. And I said, Mm. no, I'd like to get my train ticket, please. Like, I know exactly where I'm going. I'm getting off at the same stop. I'm... I would like my, I I mean, I was adamant. And so he finally sold me my train ticket and another uh, employee came up and they kind of, I couldn't hear what they were saying. But so then the other employee was like, well, I'm getting on that train so I can take you to it. And I was like, okay, I was going to ask for someone
3: to take me anyway to get on the right train.
2: (laughs) So, I mean, so I got that train ticket though. Essentially I, I did. I figured out it was because I, it was because of my blindness and not necessarily because I was a woman.
0: Yeah been there a few so, times
2: mm-hmm. yeah yeah and
3: it's like
0: this isn't safe for you you should do this or you're, you're gonna <laughs> we're gonna make you do this I'm mean, like no you're not <laughs> right
3: no, no and no. there's been too many I times know what's in my safe life for me, that, right yeah you know what I'm and there's of. just been too
2: there's been too many times in my life that I've just given up and been like mm-hmm. fine you know and so now I'm I'm starting to find my voice more. And again, I think it's an important opportunity to both advocate and educate others. You know, there were, I've been in airports in Asia, none of the airports I've been to in Europe or again, North Africa have, have, I'm going to say made, made me do this. I've been in several airports in Asia where I've had to be in a wheelchair. They've had, that was the only way they were going to assist me was if I took Mm. the wheelchair. And I'm always so mad because again, I like to walk so much and I want to get my steps in, especially if I'm going to be sitting on a long flight. Yes. I say that all (laughs) the time. I've
3: been sitting for hours. (laughs) I need to walk.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I just, it's, it's been quite a few years since that happened. And I, and I, I feel like the last couple of times I've been over there, it has, I've, I've been more determined and in my, uh, yeah, like I'm going to (laughs) walk. You know, so but the but the first couple times that I had traveled to Asia, it was I I was you know I was ang- I'm anxious every time I travel, but I was that 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 was when it was very more new to me uh being in being in airport international airports by myself, and so I just kind of gave up and rode in the air- wheelchair yeah, and was yeah. just, you know angry inside, <laughs> and and sometimes <laughs> it's just
0: not worth the fight. I mean, sometimes you exactly. just gotta be like, yeah,
2: fine. 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 Exactly. Yeah. It's (laughs) like, sometimes it's like, all right, I just don't have time to continue arguing and trying to find somebody else. And also, Mm -hmm. I don't like to be a person that argues. I just, you know, I need to, again, it's, it's always a practice of of gratitude, gratitude and learning and reading the situation. And when my family hears me talking about that, they're like, oh my God, she never practices that. Like she always, <laughs> she, is, is, she, is she is she grateful for anything? And does she think before she speaks? Because uh, it doesn't always seem like it, but I, I do have to take a step back and, and think, you know what? I'm lucky enough to be able to receive this assistance, no matter what form it is. This is the way they know how to offer assistance. So I need to accept this and be grateful that I'm able to be over here in Asia. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, this is awesome. So I need to just get those steps in later. <laughs> yeah,
0: and I I try to understand. Like, I try try to take culture into consideration too, um, because exactly some people's cultural differences are you you can argue all day long, and it's not going to get you anywhere because that's that's their society, and you're not going to change sure. that in the conversation. So. Sometimes it's just best to let that go and understand that there, there are differences and move on.
4: Well, we got to Absolutely. stop being Americans about things when you go to other countries. <laughs> I mean, yes. simply, there's it, things we can do here you can't do in other countries. So I think of an example, a little off the path, but it was some years ago, I think it was in um, the Gaza Strip, and it was in a young American girl. She was standing in front of some bulldozers, uh, some uh, Israeli um, defense force uh, members and they said, Hey, you don't move, we're gonna run you over. They ran her over. So, mm. <laughs> doesn't work. Oh my what God. We think You know what we can do here in right. other countries. Right. And so, really mm-hmm. reminders, like you said, you have to be culturally aware of where you're going. Uh, we have to mitigate the concept of ugly American. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we're known for that. But I've also seen some, some ugly foreigners from other countries mm-hmm. that and were no that, better than us. Right. But we do that around our we're in other countries, different cultures. They do things differently and we have to abide by their rules and law as if we were expecting to come over here and do the same.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. and yeah. I'm, you know, I'm still <laughs> going to try to, to be as independent as I can and, and try but I, I definitely try to be more aware of where they might be coming from and try to have a little more patience than I might
1: mm-hmm. over
0: here or in other places. Sure.
1: Yeah. It's empathy. What's that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's, Life. <laughs> I, <laughs> I have like five. I have like five stories in my head right now. Just, like, where, where should I go here? Like, should I should like should I go about cultural considerations? Should I veer us back to me being in Morocco? I'm not quite sure. <laughs> okay, um, I have a question
1: so- for you to give you some direction, maybe. <laughs> so you've mentioned that you've traveled on your own overseas quite often, mm-hmm. and you know you've had those anxieties and such. Um, which are completely valid. What safety precautions have you put into place for yourself to help you with the anxiety, but also to just make sure you stay safe? Sure.
2: So, so again, a lot of times I have gone either with people I already know or a tour group. Aside from being, at, you know, airports and whatnot, I have been places on my own where I have, you know, kind of veered off from others, whether it be the tour group or or with friends or whatever. But um. I'm just trying to focus back on this this last trip. I wish that I follow so many travel groups, particularly solo female travel groups or budget travel groups. Or, um, and there's so many people that are just like, go with it. They just like, you know, find their cheap flight and just like figure it out once they get there. And I can't do that. And I don't know, again, if it's a blindness thing or if it's an anxiety thing or if it's a combo of both. I spend so much time <laughs> researching and I have to have you know as much as I would like and I do allow myself um a lot of freedom and once I arrive somewhere in in like I don't have to have like every day planned out which again is going to shock other people that hear this because I'm a there I'm a planner um but when it comes to being safe I have to do um a lot of planning beforehand I mean the the having having a place booked to knowing where I'm gonna stay and doing mm-hmm. all the research and reviews and knowing what neighborhood this is in and if it's a walkable-ish neighborhood and if it's a place that I could take public transit, is it close enough ish to there? And or is it walkable to some of the places I may want to be going? And oh by the way, what is it a I don't want to say a safe neighborhood because you know scary stuff happens everywhere. Everywhere,
3: right? It, Is it shady? Yes, we know it,
2: <laughs> You know, but I mean, in, in our our own front yard, stuff can happen anywhere, and so it's not like you can, you know. But but you know, you know what I mean. Like there's
5: there's safer
2: neighborhoods. <laughs> <know>?
5: neighborhood. yeah. <laughs> Are
0: yeah, the too. cops afraid to go there? Then I probably don't want to be
4: there. Do they get their mail um, regularly? You know, right? <laughs> Is it questionable? W- That's what I would use.
3: <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah. And I want to know, like, um, for example, uh, I'm, I'm just going back to this hostel in in Lisbon that I stayed at, you had to like ring a, there was a 24 hour person, you know, at the, at the reception. When you were out, you had to like ring a bell for them to unlock the door.
3: Mm -hmm. Um,
2: And actually the hall that I stayed in was, and again, I hate to say this because I am, (laughs) I am very much a, gender equality person. As a woman, I felt safer that they had a woman only floor. And so there was a specific key card to get into the uh, to go into another door that only had three rooms just for women. And so I shared with, you know, five other women and and that made me feel safer. And again, I hate to say that, especially because most of my friends, honestly, I, I shouldn't say most, a lot, a lot of my friends are guys. And even when I was traveling, I mean, I made, I made quite a few good girlfriends and I made quite a few good guy friends. And, uh, and so I do hate to say that except it, it, it does. It's, I mean, going back to like what George was saying about a woman, um, on her own and having a man come up behind her it's or, or being apprehensive, seeing one walk toward you. Um, it's unfortunate that that's still how, how it is. Um, so that's, You know, that's another, that's just a a safety thing that I have to keep that I take into consideration when I'm when I'm planning for a trip is I have to know where I'm staying. I have Mm -hmm. to know how I'm getting from point A to point B, until I get comfortable with where I'm at. So for instance, you know, like, like I was saying, how some people just kind of like figure it out. It's like those of us, no, people have phones, so I, I shouldn't again generalize about the blindness community. Uh, I don't use my, I don't use cellular service when I'm traveling. Typically, I use Wi-Fi when I connect. So if I'm just getting out of an Uber or something, I can't from an airport and get to like a neighborhood. I can't just look around and see like, Oh, there's like eight hostels or hotels right around me. Let me right. go, you know, see which one's the best. Like Pick I one, have yeah. to have that plan to know where exactly I'm going. And yeah, just do all that research beforehand to see the reviews, see how safe of a place it seems. I also am a person who will email the the place. And I typically, yeah, I mean, I'll email back and forth with them with, with all of my questions with telling them I'm visually impaired, like just, I can't even think of the questions that I constantly have. I'm also the person that hates when I'm on like online and I'm looking something up and it's like, there's only the email option or the chat bot. I'm like, where's the phone number? I want to talk on on the phone. (laughs) Yes. I need to speak to a person
3: (laughs) over the phone.
2: yeah, you don't know how many times I've googled Amazon customer service phone number. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is impossible to find online. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, it's probably not impossible, but it's I I just um, say I
0: have that saved in my contacts <laughs> now.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's I love it.
2: <laughs> I should do that. So that's one of them is is really having that that place that accommodation place place in place. Um yeah. plan in place is is knowing that I <laughs> also turn on the track my location services thing which Mm -hmm. i just learned how to do i I had to ask my friends with teenagers how
3: do you track your kids on your phone (laughs) because i didn't i didn't know how that worked um i think it
2: only does work when i'm connected to wi-fi though which again a lot of times i'm not unless i have a travel pass that i can activate on my phone but but i i did i did turn that on for like uh, my mom and for numerous friends of mine. So, so when I'd either have my my travel thing on or my I was on Wi-Fi, you know, I'd get a message from my friend like, "Oh, I see that you're at so and so today." <laughs> yeah. and at least you um, know they can, you know, that
0: they can look on there and see, oh, they've they've been at this location for the last four days. That's not right. normal. Um, right. Or it's going to at least say last. You know, last at this location two hours ago, or you mm-hmm. know, so even if they can't track your every move, they can at least see that there has been some movement or not. And you know, yeah. especially if you're at an address, you know, if you're three days at an address that you're not supposed to be at, that's that's uh-huh. a red flag.
4: Yeah, I found like it worked, yeah. worked for me when I when I was in Iraq. I put my mom onto uh, Facebook, mm-hmm. which may have mm-hmm. already been on there, but I put her onto uh, some game. But one game was um, uh, what was it what was it called uh, Farmville? Farm. <laughs> You became addicted yep. to it. Yeah. Had friends in other countries. I'm like, I don't, how do you have friends in other countries? They're my neighbors. <laughs> right, whatever. Um, but she told me later on, like when I would post things in Iraq, you know, uh, like sometimes pictures of what, you know, on base or we're doing some stuff, nothing sensitive. Um, uh, she was more at ease cause she knew I was okay if I posted something daily.
5: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm.
4: And also when you're traveling, sometimes I would like, when I would travel across country and I was still in the army, I would post stuff intentionally so my mom would know, or friends would know where I was at by posting mm-hmm. where I was at that night, a location. Be we like, "Oh, Georgia's partying," but I'm just I'm giving a digital signature where I was in case yep. something mm-hmm. did happen. You know my last locations.
5: Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh,
4: I found that's a technique that works too by just posting things on Facebook or social media and tagging your locations as mm-hmm. you travel. It could be like five locations in one day, and that's great because everybody knows where you are and that you're moving. They'll see the times that everything's going on. And that's actually used mm-hmm. as a safety precaution as well for traveling.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. we've talked about that before where we've talked about, you know, because because sometimes you hear, well, you shouldn't post online that you're going on vacation and that way people know that you're leaving your house and that it's, it's open to being robbed. But, you know, that is for me, that's how I let people know what's going on with me when I'm traveling. And I almost never post any other time, but I, I post when I'm traveling. Oh, I'm, I'm at this airport or that airport, or I'm at this restaurant here, there, and tagging myself so that mm-hmm. people can see what's going yeah. on mm-hmm. with me.
4: Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's it depends on your, you call it operation security, depending on what you're trying mm-hmm. to do. Uh, there's things you could do, if you, like uh, don't post pictures of your house all the time. And if you do, um, you can screenshot that. Take the picture, screenshot it. Then post it, doesn't have the digital signature on it. So if you're really worried, concerned about the things, if you're really concerned about your safety in that in that aspect, that's one thing you can do. Uh, I messed somebody up one time because I was in, um, I flew in from I think it was, uh, I can't remember where I was where I was living at the time, but where I was living, I flew from there, flew to New York, and then drove to Vermont. I was went to my college homecoming, and one of my friends came back to the table, like, they were talking about you in the girls' were like, what? They go, like, yeah, they said, he was just here yesterday, now he's here, because- <laughs> I was moving around so much, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> mm-hmm. had seen me, but I, I you know, they totally boggle their mind. Like, how's he everywhere in this short period of time? <laughs> you know, so yeah, All you right. can do things like that too. Like, maybe not take a picture of a place and post it after you go to your next place. You know, yeah. whatever you feel comfortable with. But I think if you're traveling overseas and your and family know that you're gone, they're probably going to check on your place anyways, or ask yeah. me to as part right. of your safety plan and just post as you go so people know where you were last seen at, just, just for your own protection. I don't expect the taken situation to occur, but anything's questionable, especially yeah, yourself. Yeah. if you're a young woman, even, even men, you know, if you have some uh, limitations as well, that's something you that you know, people might take advantage, try to take advantage of that situation, not mm. knowing you may be a badass and beat them up. They don't know what you can do. So you can take some more classes, right? So work on that, <laughs> you know, knock people out when they get crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, little things like that. So I like what you said that you're letting people know what's going on and posting. Uh, that's a great way for traveling and for your own security and for a little peace of mind for those who care about you or watching what you're doing.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I'm just glad I'm not the only one that's still like, let my mom know and that you do too, know. George. Um. Yeah. Oh,
4: know. absolutely. Yeah. It, it, it's going to be worse now because she's moving here in a, in a month. Oh, is she really? Oh, yeah, so. she's moved, but the sound next door, not not with me. Oh, next gotcha. Door. Gotcha. We're not ready for that yet. It's another 15, 20 years before that happens. <laughs> so, Yuri has her own sound yeah, I mean, next door.
0: Yeah. But I know. I mean,
2: if I'm. Con- oh,
0: sorry. Go ahead. That's okay. I was going to say, I know, you know, with my parents, one of the the things that happened when my boyfriend and I first started dating was, you know, I said, oh, you know, mom wants us to let her know when we make it here. And he's like, really? And he, he, you know, immediately thought it's a blindness thing. And I'm like, no, I do the same thing to them. Call me when you get home. Let me know that you made it. Mm-hmm. She, does, they, she does the same thing to my brother who is sighted. And so
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, it's just a family thing. We want to know that, that we, you know, everybody made it safe to their destination and, mm-hmm. and that they're, they're okay.
4: That's an old That's yeah. an old school thing people would do was like, hey, let me know you got home. That mm-hmm. was a very common thing, especially before the Internet. I mean, we only had phones.
0: That's right. You know?
4: mm-hmm. So you know, unless you be stuck on the street, let me know you got home. So I know you got home safely on the worry about, you know, whatever.
0: Where you might you know? be in between with no way yeah. to communicate. Yeah,
4: Especially if you live, you live yeah. in a country or something, driving yeah. to another place, you know, another place further out at night, you definitely want to know. So it's also it's a courtesy thing. Mm-hmm totally you know, but if i don't if i don't put something you know if i'm traveling my mom will call me up anyways she checked me down to amtrak station one time so <laughs> you know we're your only child these are only child <laughs> things that occur <I> <laughs> that's right get, <laughs> and deal with. So,
3: it's another
4: the, yeah. another layer you have to put on certain things mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely
2: oh yeah i mean whenever i could was connected to wi-fi i had you know I'll, I'll message my mom like at least once a day you know if i'm on the wi-fi just to yeah let her luckily with you know with iPhone. Well, I know not everyone's an iPhone user, and you could have an iPad, I guess. But with
3: uh... no, or not.
2: <laughs> well, and you but can I have, have an iPad. You know
3: though,
2: what? But... I know, and you know what? It's not just iPhone. I'm just talking as an iPhone user. That uh I was going to say. Luckily, you know, when you're connected to Wi-Fi, you can still iMessage if you don't have cellular function. But. I do again, I have other friends that aren't iPhone users. And so I made some of them download um, WhatsApp because WhatsApp, I use WhatsApp yeah. a lot. Yeah, yep. like I use it a lot with a lot of my um, friends in other countries. Mm-hmm. Um, and more and more friends here are starting to use it as well. I, I still typically, I don't know when I'm when I'm here in the States, I just default to, to text to iMessage. But um, but yeah, WhatsApp like, as long as you're connected to Wi Fi, again, I could check in with people <laughs> with my mom, or, <laughs> or with any other friends, you know, just like, as much as possible like yep i'm still here tomorrow i'm traveling here you know just fyi or or hey i might i'm going here and i might not have service for a couple days so just so you're aware Mm -hmm. you know and some on also like just talking about some safety precautions with that with like letting people know when i was mentioning how i follow a lot of different travel groups i would sometimes post in them before i like before i went to lisbon before i went to tangier like Hey, is it, you know, is there anybody in here that lives in Tangier? And I met quite a few really good friends that way, who I ended up seeing multiple, you know, a a lot, like during my time in Tangier, yeah, a couple, a couple women who, who are from there and who live Mm. there. And, you know, they, when I first got there, they took me around and then they were just kind of like, kind of like my constant friend while I was there. And I still, some of them are, you know, we still. I hope we I hope we talk forever because, again, I like <laughs> I, I like to stay in contact with my friends. It makes me really sad when when we don't Um, just having having someone I knew that I that was there, you know, that that I could ask if I needed like, hey, can you can you go with me here or, hey, this is where I'm going to be today. But can we just check in later? You know, just mm. just kind of establishing some some people that I trusted that I you know and it's not like that happens with everyone you can't contact and connect with there are those those people that you do though and so like I said I, I have quite a few good friends that are there that I'm I'm so grateful to have to have met and to have in my life still and to have had in my life. During the time I was there, because it uh, it was quite a stressful situation uh, at first. There was it was quite an emotional roller coaster of a situation um, when I first arrived in Tangier, because my some of my original plans fell through, and so mm. that was super stressful. It was was having to quickly try to figure out like new accommodations and, right. and what, and whatnot. And I did. And I, again, had I not, um, and it, it was super stressful and I realized it about a weekend, like I'm grateful that this kind of did fall through because now I'm with at this other place that I probably would have never explored this area of town. I'm with these other people who I never would have met and who mm-hmm. Now I'm so happier in my life. And, you know, I'm experiencing like we can never really have expectations, you know, always have to expect the unexpected and sort of learn how to, even though it can be very, very upsetting at first, and it can stay upsetting for quite a long time. And also trying to think about this probably wasn't supposed to happen for a reason. And it led me to this, which is so much better, probably, than what I was thinking it would have been is that am I making sense
3: mm-hmm. no, absolutely yeah, sense.
4: It, gives, yeah. it gives hope that there's still good people out there so a lot of good people out there uh but yeah. you're smart about the way that you did it like I never thought about there being uh you know these travel groups are they on was on Facebook that you found them or some other means you found these travel groups
2: yeah I'm still a big Facebook user uh, okay but, you know what Instagram's a whole other Instagram.
5: that's yeah that's a Instagram's
2: thing. a whole it's a whole other conversation about <laughs> I know I know lots of other blind people on Instagram it's just not it doesn't work for me I have not been on no, Instagram
0: in many years <laughs> yeah yeah I'm
4: on all of that so but, yeah, but when I' when I've traveled I've used Facebook and put out shout out like hey I'm traveling through here and particularly with those that went to a small military college in Vermont but we have a lot of alumnus all over the place military civilian whatever uh and I drive through people like hey I'm here, I'm on your way. I'd stop to see him. I you know offered me places to stay. Uh, I've had people come through here because uh, they know because from Facebook, you know I'm here in Savannah, um, mm-hmm. you know military friends, but even I went to Australia. one of my old neighbors, uh, nice little California, uh, he was from outside of India. He called me, he hit me up and like, "Hey, I'm in Australia. I'm like, okay, I had lunch with him. <laughs> That's um, great. Yeah. I, I actually, yeah, we had dinner actually the one night, and um, with some with some other people, and then I had another friend uh, who was a year ahead of me in college. It's like, I'm in Australia. I'm not that far from where you're staying. I stayed with him for a couple of days and his family, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just putting that out there to people. You know, you can control who's on your Facebook anyway, who sees it. Sure. The most, but using that or using groups like you mentioned, I think that helps a lot because it at least gets you, you know, an idea of the person is. And also, it allows for a digital signature that you can send to your friends and family. I'm hanging out with so and so, and here's their Facebook page. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it is yeah, much really, really safer way of of doing things. If you if you everything if you plan things out properly, take your time, you can have a very successful situation. Nothing is hundred percent guaranteed, but by taking a little bit of effort, figuring it out, you know, developing a rapport with the individual, and letting people know where you are, and updating individuals you can have a very easy time and low stress time and still be safe at the, at the same time. Mm-hmm. Totally.
2: And, you know, just going back to, we're probably running low on time. So I'm just, I'll, a little I'll bit. kind of yeah, attempt, yeah. attempt, attempt I'll, I'll, I'll attempt to be, hope, hopefully Megan. No will happen. be coming up, don't um, worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, I was just going to say, kind of going back to the both, social media, the internet and safety. When my accommodations fell through, it actually happened when I was in Ireland because I flew, like I said, I flew to Dublin. Um, I was there, I was in Ireland for two nights. My second night found out the accommodations fell through. The next morning was flying to Lisbon, um, freaking out because in you know, four or five days time supposed to be going to Tangier and like, what am I going to do now? So I spent the first (laughs) day and a half in Lisbon just freaking out, but I posted in, in, a couple of these, these groups on Facebook, and one was a, a Tangier expats group. And a couple, you know, like, does anyone have any recommendations? Or, or could anyone, you know, assist me? Like, I, I, this is where I'm hoping to stay this is kind of, you know, blah, blah. And someone had uh, he messaged me privately and offered some assistance. And we kind of went back and forth. And he, he said, if you know, I I don't know the next two days later, whatever. Um, have you found a place yet? And I was like, no, I'm still trying to figure it out. Like, I I hope I'm still coming, (laughs) you
3: know, like
2: I'm here in Lisbon. I'm supposed to be in Tangier in two days Um, and offered me to stay there. And I was immediately, I was like, no effing way. Am I staying with a man? I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and again, I am reigning in my language for you. I hear um, you. <laughs> and, and again, I hate that. I hate that we have to be, anyone has to be apprehensive. I hate that as a woman, I am more apprehensive of men. Also.
4: But if you get that vibe, I mean, that's the first thing. Go with your gut. If you don't feel comfortable with it, that's not the that's not the place you're supposed to be or the person you're supposed to be around. So that's a yeah. smart move. Not, nothing nothing well, to do with being blind oh, or. Oh, George, we're Just, not
2: we're not finished with this story, George. Uh oh,
4: uh oh, <laughs> so, my bad. Keep going.
2: So so he he'd been so friendly, so nice. I'm like I'm like I I really appreciate that so much. You have no idea, and also I'm a little skeptical. So I uh you know, I'm calling like my best friend at home and she's like much better at internet stalking than I am. So she's like looking him up on LinkedIn and on, you know, this and that. And I tell him, I was like, can I request you, like friend request you on Facebook? And so, you know, absolutely. And here's my Instagram and, oh, this is where privacy, so I don't want to um, say too much, but sent me, um, gave me some information that made it much more legit for me, much more able to trust. Um, gave me, I will say he's, he's an American who's been living over in Tangier for 12 years or so. He gave me his mom's phone number here, the, the, the names and numbers of a couple of his, uh, his coworkers, the address of his work place, you know, just, and again, internet stalking and lots, lots of that information, a lot of verifiable information. Exactly, exactly, and so uh so I was like, you know what that's another thing is that despite being sometimes very untrusting untrusting yeah. <laughs> um, distrust distrusting what Disrupting, why do I sometimes baby. lose my why do I sometimes lose my Not words? trusting um <laughs> of of people we also have to start learning to trust people more if our society is going to i, I was going to say get better if, if we're,
3: yes but yes. i mean
2: <laughs> but you know as a society if we if we can all learn to come together more we have to start learning to trust each other more to make our world a better place and so i i thought you know what and he offered to meet me at the train station in Tangier. So mm-hmm. I, uh, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. So I yeah. I messaged. Him. I said, I yeah, all right, I'm in. Like see, you know, see you in a couple of days. And so I thought, if I get off that train, if I'm at that train station in Tangier, you know, if I get a bad weird vibe, like I can just go. I'll be at the train station. I can just turn right back around. You know what I mean? Yep. And he met me there, and we hit it off pretty much right away. You know, at first it was supposed to be kind of like a, or to me, it was kind of like a, all right, this is where I can stay until I, because I was staying there for a decent chunk of time until I figure something else out. And, you know, after probably just after a couple of days, it's like, you know, if you, if you need to stay here the entire time you can, or if you want to go somewhere else and try, this can be your home base. And I mean, I'll start crying if I like talk more about just the, gener- <laughs> oh, the just the generosity yeah. and the kindness and compassion that he offered to me to this person he didn't even know. To him, just getting back to Tangier the day before I got there after being back in the states for the holidays, so it's like yeah. not even having time to settle back in, and now oh, all of a sudden I've got a guest that I wasn't expecting. But just again, just just that kindness from a yeah. stranger, you know, it, it shows that there are people that we if if we just give people a chance to just start to trust people. And that being said, again, going back to when I said I also have a lot of women that I know who've been attacked, you know, so it's not like everyone, we can't just go out and trust everybody in the world, but we do have to at some point, you know, still taking those safety precautions. We also have to kind of learn how to meld that together. Those safety precautions, being aware of our surroundings, being kind of aware of of others and also put a little bit of faith in humanity. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to end after I like start rolling into this kind of next story. But most of the time that I was there, because I was in a neighborhood I wasn't expecting to be in, and it was a 10, 15 minute walk to like the the Medina, which is where I really was planning to stay in. Right. Um, it's there's it's it's very it's there's not cars allowed inside there, except in certain areas, but it, they have to go very slow. So it's not like the crazy busy streets, you know. So I, I felt like Okay. Even though it's still really busy with like pedestrians and, and people and whatnot, but it's not going to be the crazy busy traffic. So anyway, but, but getting from, from the place I stayed, there was quite a few crazy busy roads. And so Mm -hmm. for most of the chunk of time that I was there, I would only go there with people, you know, to cross. And finally, it was my last, it wasn't even the last week. It was like, I don't know, five, four days before I was leaving. And I was like, I have to do this. Like I came here for this freedom, for this independence. This is one of the biggest things I've talked about for years of why I won't go places, go to countries just on my own or without a group is because I am scared of the crazy, busy, trafficy roads. I paced around that apartment for a solid half hour before I, and then I called one of the friends that lived there and, and she was like, you just, just go, you just have to go do it. And I'm going to meet you at this place in one hour and mm-hmm. you're going to be there. And, and this is after pacing around and, and uh, finally I'm just... <laughs> And again, I'm just like, F it. Like, I have to do this. Like, <laughs> you know what? There are two small streets for me. I know my way. I've walked this way a billion times by now. Like, I know mm-hmm. multiple routes. I know multiple ways to get there because I've walked multiple routes for a long time now. And uh, I'm like, there's two small streets before I get to the one crazy first busy street. If I get to that street and there's no one around, or if I don't feel good about someone asking for assistance, I turn myself right back around, you know, and go back yeah. to those other... You know, like, it's like with the train station, like, like meeting him, it's like, I can just turn around, but like, I have to get out this door and I have to go do it. And so I got to that busy street. I had, again, I had my cane because I'm by myself and there were people that came up to me. There were many of them uh, back to the whole communication thing. Many of the people there crossing those streets didn't speak English. And, and yet we figured it out because they knew that I needed, assistance. you know, Mm. I and they would I would, you know, hold on to someone's arm and trusted that they weren't going to let me get hit by a car. <laughs> and we made it across. And then Well, the nice I, thing about you know,
0: holding on to somebody is that if you get hit, they're likely to get hit too. So,
2: they have a little well, bit right. of self-preservation in their assistance. Yeah, or at least you just kind of trust that they do. Um
3: right. <laughs> So,
2: yeah, and so then it's like just kind of like, uh, you know, Lots of thank yous, lots of thank yous on my end Mm -hmm. after, you know, getting across that street. And then I, you know, get to the next one, same thing. And oh my gosh, that freedom that I felt that first day once I got there and I met my friend Sally, and I was just about to be in tears. Like I, you know, and I called my other couple friends and I'm like, guess where I am?
3: Like I got here by myself. But (laughs) yeah.
2: Yeah. And it was just, it was awesome. And then I was like, oh my gosh, now I only have four more days to do this. So I had to like do it every day and take the different routes. And it was just so, Liberating, and it's like, why didn't I do that why, again? Why was I so scared to do this? Before? It's like what you were saying, Leslie, quite mm-hmm. you know, seven hours ago when we started talking um, <laughs> about, about traveling and, and being anxious and talking to people. And, and you know, then it's like, you do it, and it's like, why was I so worried about that? You know, it's mm-hmm. like, and it's okay to be scared and worried. And then once we do get up that courage to do that thing, it's just, God, it yeah. feels good. It does.
0: I um, kind of had a similar situation uh, back in February. I went to London and I needed to go out and visit my brother. My boyfriend lives in London and my brother and sister-in-law and his family live out in Canterbury. And, you know, I was going to go out there and visit them by myself. My boyfriend needed to work. And I was like, if you can just spend the first day or two showing me how to get to the train station, I'll go from there. And Mm-hmm. The day that I left, I said, you know, he said, Do you want me to walk with you? And I said, only because I'm still not comfortable with the traffic patterns. And he just followed me up there and made sure that I I made it okay. And then, you know, I went out to Canterbury and spent the day with my brother and hung out with them and met my new niece and, and came home. And I did that, you know, all by myself. And I was just like, this is so awesome that I can come to another country and just travel across the country on the train by myself and not have to worry.
5: Yeah,
2: yeah.
4: A great yeah, feeling. That's awesome. I know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, was it you know, was FDR when, say, Uh there's nothing to fear but fear itself. Yeah. <laughs> I mean yeah. And I I was thinking about that this morning for some reason, but that's a lot I think with comfort anxiety, people are scared to try something because you don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah. But if you never like I tell my students, I tell them all the time, it's okay to it's okay to fail what you're doing, not to be perfect at it. Because mm-hmm. if you don't try, you'll never succeed. And if you don't fail, you'll, n- you'll never know whether you're doing it right or wrong. You always get better at mm-hmm. it. So I tell this okay. to five year olds, six year olds, seven year olds, and they get it. Yeah, that it's okay mm-hmm. to make mistakes. I give them a crazy look like, you. "Is that right?" No, tell me, like, no. <laughs> and they'll <laughs> fix it and do it over. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. don't put that stress on them. I think that's an issue that we have, especially nowadays, where you know you have a lot of anxiety. You have those who are pre- uh, prescribed or. Uh, deemed to have behavioral health issues, anxiety and some other stuff, but it seems to be quite high now, especially among the younger generation. And I think it's because we're scared to try stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And And yeah, it's just crazy.
0: And I tell my veterans all the time, um, you know, when they're like, well, you know, what if we get lost? Or like, that's how we, new <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. oh, oh we make new friends.
5: Yeah. Oh my god, we make new friends and we
0: find places we've never been to before. That's what happens when we get lost, and you yeah, just have to embrace I mean, that.
2: Right. When I flew back to uh, to Dublin to again meet my mom and my aunt because then we were going to travel. I went the day before them, and I was going to the Guinness tour because mm-hmm. they didn't they weren't as interested as I was, and. Uh, <laughs> So, and you know, the people at the hotel gave me probably what could have been very good directions. The streets were very curvy and <laughs> on my phone, I, I still turned it on. I used a travel pass that day, turned on my directions, mm-hmm. And you know, it was one of those things where the streets like kind of change names,
3: mm-hmm. you know,
2: they're like, oh, you just stay on this street and follow it along the whole time. And then I'm listening and I'm like,
3: "Ooh, it's these streets are curvy the street and there's some intersection. <laughs>
2: yeah. There's some intersections and it's curvy and now it's changing names. So, I mean, I asked about six people along the way, like, am I still going the right direction to to the Guinness um, store? And then my last little jaunt, uh, I was crossing a street and I, I asked someone and he was kind of going heading in that direction. So we became we became besties and talked for about four blocks <laughs> until he got to his uh, to the bar that he manages or something i still had a couple blocks to go but yeah he's like we'll come back afterwards and hang out like so i did and i'm like and then i had a new again friend in ireland to message there you go. During, those, uh, we, awesome. during the time i was there if i had any questions or wanted recommendations you know i mean
3: mm-hmm. yeah and that's another... it, right
2: <laughs> yeah right and uh... those are the kind of friends <laughs> and, to have right <laughs> <laughs> yeah and just again just so kind and i i think that's another thing like as as useful as technology is and it really is like so useful and having like these maps on our phones. I think sometimes it prohibits us from talking to people like real, yeah. real time, real life, you know, like, some people might not talk to anyone walking along. And it, you know, for me, I was, I'm forced to sometimes and I think it's good, you know, because then you sometimes they are just people you pat, you know, passing on the street and like, just, you know, help you cross one street, which is totally Appreciated, yeah. and some you end up talking to for four or five blocks and get their phone number, and now you're WhatsApp friends, you know.
3: It's <laughs> <That's> great. <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> so, I have about a billion other things I can say. So, you cut me off when you want to. I i think we're probably going to wrap the
0: show up there for today, but I would really <laughs> love to have you back on to talk more in the future. That would be great. I'd love to hear more of your stories and
3: more. You made a good the choice. Pictures. You
0: did, yeah. Well done,
2: George. Oh well, thank you. I'd love to. You an and old you know, star. again, we 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 should have tried to keep it to one topic because I feel like the next one is still going to be like so much more on yoga, so much what? more on travel. That's so all much, right. <laughs> so much, so much more on
3: anxiety. So much, that know. is okay.
2: <laughs> totally
0: okay.
3: Tangent. Yeah,
2: that's all right.
0: I live for them. Oh,
3: I, oh Me too,
2: and I live for connecting and making. Being new friends. And, and I, I appreciate both of you so much. You know, I know that at least I'm speaking for myself. I I think that George and I hit it off when we met back in October. So we did.
3: Um, George,
2: George
0: is an easy person to make friends with. Um, he and I <laughs> met at um, when when one touch self defense was was still a thing. He and I met at a one touch conference uh, uh, coaches workshop and just hit it off right away. So and here um, we are. Yeah, here we so are. Here we are. <laughs> and
4: here you can came to Savannah too to visit,
0: and I did come to Savannah. Yep, I sure, came to Savannah to visit. Yeah, just a quick weekend getaway.
4: Yeah,
2: and
0: uh, but I will, I will definitely come back because there's so much more of Savannah. I would love to to come see, and we did not have. Oh, enough well, apparently,
2: apparently, there's going to be yoga in Savannah, so we'll just all make a trip oh, of it. Sweet, yeah. I I love this I'm idea, <laughs> <laughs> Allie. I would
0: love to 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 chat <laughs> much more with you about travel and and. <laughs> and getting in touch with these groups. And like, I would never have thought to, to look at like an expats group in a place I was traveling to and be like, who lives here? <laughs>
2: <laughs> you <get that> information.
0: <laughs> you know, I just never even occurred to me.
2: to do. Yeah. Well, and that. again, some of them were, and some of the groups were like, I said, solo are women travelers or just, yeah. 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 And that's how I met some of the, well, maybe the women that lived in Tangier were also in that Tangier expats. It wasn't, you know, like it wasn't like exclusive to expats. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just another good it's way. Definitely talk to you more about
0: budget travel because yes. <laughs> um,
2: I love it, but it's expensive. Yeah. Again, it's the only way I can, yeah. I can, I can do it. And again, going, just going back to yoga. And the, one of the, one of the things that I'm grateful for uh, with those couple years of, of, you know, <laughs> couple, couple years of craziness was, is, being able to teach virtually from wherever. And so
3: mm-hmm.
2: again, I was able to teach my classes from where I was staying, which was awesome. So yeah,
3: that's uh,
0: that's really so, cool. You know,
2: so that's always helpful too if you're trying yeah. to travel on a budget for a little bit of an extended period and yeah. you you know,
0: just I would make love a little to be bit able of to do that. income. So yeah. I'd love to yeah. be able to just work where from wherever I am and and do things like that. So that
2: would be amazing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So
2: yeah. Well this has awesome. been great. Like I mean, you know, I've just been talking about myself for two hours,
5: so
0: <laughs> that's all right. It, it was a great story, and and like I said, I've really enjoyed having here. I've really enjoyed meeting you. I'm gonna send you a friend request on Facebook when we're done.
1: Absolutely, and uh,
0: <laughs> would love to talk to you more, and and definitely love to have you back on the show sometime.
2: Awesome. Well, I look forward to it, and I'm I yeah, I look forward to our weekend in Savannah.
3: Oh, yes. Absolutely. Both again
2: soon.
0: (laughs) Yeah, very much. Well, let me just wrap the show up here real quick. So thank you again for coming on the show. All of our listeners out there, please send us your feedback and comments, suggestions criticisms, whatever you got, we'd love to hear from you. Our email address is feedback at handsonsafety.net. Our web page is www.handsonsafety.net. You can look us up at all these places and and please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, whatever your podcast listening app of choice is. And uh, we will look forward to bringing you all another show next month. Thanks uh,
2: everybody. And George, thank you.
4: You're welcome, Ellie. Good talking to you.
2: Yes.
0: Thank you, George. This is a fantastic suggestion. I try. You do a great job. <laughs> you <laughs> always do a great
5: job. Yeah.
0: All right. So, with that, we're going to say goodbye. Bye.